Welcome to Healthcare Perspectives, a podcast by Siemens Healthineers about medical breakthroughs with the power to improve lives everywhere. The first guiding principle we learn in the very first semester of med school is do no harm. And by treating or doing something good to one patient, this comes with a common footprint. This is why we in particular as a whole medical profession, we need to do better here. You've just heard Dr. Emma Merklin, head of the Department of Radiology and Chief Physician for Radiology and Nuclear Medicine at the University Hospital Basel in Switzerland. He's explaining the importance of embracing green technology solutions in order to reduce the carbon footprint of medical facilities. In this episode, Chika Pillay, Global Head of Sustainability at Siemens Health and Years, is joined by Dr. Emma Merkle, as well as Dr. Christopher Hess, Chair of the Department of Radiology and Biomedical Imaging at the University of California, San Francisco, and Dr. Clemens Jutner, Chief Sustainability Officer at Sana Kliniken in Munich. Hi, I'm Shikapile. The carbon footprint of healthcare has been estimated to be 4% to 5% of the worldwide total. To put this number into perspective, if healthcare was a country, it would be the fifth largest emitter in the world, coming in just behind China, the United States, India, and Russia. Today, we face pressing global issues like climate change and an energy crisis that impact our health and well-being. It becomes crucial then that the healthcare industry not only take responsibility for health, but also actively works towards reducing the impact of the environment on people's health, especially by reducing emissions and consumption of resources. Today, you will hear from experts in radiology and sustainability about what the sector is doing to implement consumption-reducing measures that can lead to not only operational efficiency, but also contribute significantly to a sustainable future. Imagine you're in your car, in a garage. The vehicle is parked, but still running. As you sit there idling, the car continues to emit energy and expend resources. Yet it's not actively serving its primary purpose. That is, to move you, the driver, from point A to point B. According to Elma Merkel, Medical imaging equipment like CT and MRI machines behave a bit like an idling automobile when they're not in active use. When you turn on the system, you acquire meaningful data. This is what you're supposed to do with a scanner. If you have the patient still in that tunnel and you are not acquiring data, this is like stopping on a street. You could drive, but you're not driving. If the patient is not even in the room, but the medical system is on, this would be the idle state. You don't have a chance to acquire meaningful data because there's no patient in the room. This comparison makes it clear that even if there is no patient in the tunnel and no imaging data being generated, the scanner still consumes energy. For hospitals around the globe, this perpetual idling contributes a significant part of the carbon footprint for radiology departments. We usually schedule these CT scans in 10 to 15 minute time slots. So 
The patient is getting ready outside the CT scan room and then we bring in the patient, we put him on the table, we make sure that he's all comfortable, then we put him into the tunnel. Overall, the whole NEP scan when we acquire meaningful data is in the range of 10 or maximum 15 seconds. But the whole exam for that patient is between 10 and 15 minutes. The rest is idle time. On a global average, one hospital bed consumes the same amount of energy as four family homes annually. And in the United States, healthcare is estimated to account for nearly 10% of all carbon emissions, with 10 to 15% of that coming directly from medical imaging. For Elmer Merkel, the impact of radiology's carbon footprint has been a point of concern for over 20 years. In the beginning of the century, when sustainability became a topic, we were wondering, how green is radiology? Obviously, you ask around and no one had an answer. And we asked about the carbon footprint of radiology and even simpler questions. What is more energy intensive, a CT or an MR scanner? and no one knew. Then we did what everyone does. We Googled. We Googled something like radiology and carbon footprint or radiology and sustainability, and we got a single hit. We were wondering, how do we figure out the energy consumption of a CT scanner or of an MR scanner? This is no simple plug-in systems. They come with huge power supply lines and how do we get a, a measurement device on that power supply line? Investigating further, Elmer Merkel and his colleagues at the University Hospital at Basel were able to collect data on the energy usage of the machines. All we had to do was to get the log files. They are in the CT or in the MR scanner, and they basically tell you what the scanner does at a specific time point. We also got the data, what type of exam we are doing. So then we knew, okay, this is a, a CT scan of the lung, for example. We knew exactly what the scanner is currently acquiring imaging data or just waiting for some commands. And we also got numbers, how much energy is currently consumed at a specific time point. By bringing these three data sources together, we knew exactly what's the scanner doing and what's the energy consumption? It really took us a couple years to set up that system. Meanwhile, across the globe in San Francisco, UCSF Radiology Department Chair Christopher Hess is also hard at work, championing for a greener solution. Green radiology, in my mind, is stewardship of renewable energy resources effective management of carbon footprint. I'm a physician, so I think in terms of risks and benefits and alternatives. Until recently, I would say the risk of medical imaging in terms of environmental impacts has not really been included. So green radiology, I would say, is a scientific approach to weighing the risks, benefits, in terms of environmental impact of medical imaging. Ultimately, what I would define as a vision, I would say, is that we have a carbon neutral or zero carbon emission medical imaging enterprise, not just a UCSF, but across the industry. 
carbon-free means different things, but I would say more importantly, a renewable energy reliant organization. For Sana Clinic and Chief Sustainability Officer Dr. Clemens Yutna, the way to a sustainable future is through actively measuring and managing energy consumption. The well-being of patients must always be the focus. To guarantee this in the future, we must already prepare ourselves now for the rapid changes taking place in the world around us. You mentioned the share of global CO2 emissions in our introduction, and we cannot and we do not want to talk our way out of this, and we must reduce our consumption of resources. And to treat patients well in the future, we need well-trained and motivated staff, despite all the technology. Sustainability is not only an ecological consideration. The focus must also be on people. Peter F. Drucker once said, you can't manage what you can't measure. And for me, this still holds true. But measuring and managing emissions is challenging. There are a lot of complex operations that need to be considered in radiology. It's not rocket science to figure out to turn off scanners. Uh, you save some energy, but... That study looked at uh, the different phases of operation. When a scanner was being used versus when it was not being used between patients versus when it was not being used for extended periods of time, so overnight, on weekends, certain operations. And what they found was that significant energy savings, up to 30% or so, during the off time. And unfortunately, turning machines completely off is also not a solution. It turns out it's not so easy just to turn off an MRI scanner. You can't do that. Uh, in fact, the scanner field is kept up to strength by circulating cryogens, a superconductor that's immersed in cryogenic fluid that you have to pump around to make sure the magnetic field stays at that field strength. If you um, lose that energy, it's, it results in what's called a quench, and then you have to cool down the whole system again, which would incur a large carbon expense. So we started to look into well, okay, if we can turn off the scanner, what does it mean to turn off? Can we reduce the cryogen cycling? Can we think about how we use the downtime differently? If we could have a kind of power savings mode, like in your computer, if you don't need it, you put it to sleep. And then when you press a button, you wake up the computer again within a second. That would be absolutely fantastic. So why then? Wasn't this power savings mode implemented earlier? Companies, they need years to change these systems. There's a little bit of low-hanging fruit they can do in 12 to 24 months, but there's no way they can build a brand new energy-efficient CT or MR system in that time period. One of the ways is to have an eco-power mode that works while the machine is not in active use. If I turn off an MR system for one hour, it still requires about the same electricity as if I would run a thousand light bulbs for one hour. This is substantial energy consumption. We all know that these MR systems, they need to be cooled down. What they now do is they supply energy for eight minutes and then stop it for four minutes and then again supply energy for eight minutes, so on and off and on and off. And just by doing that, you already save about 10,000 kilowatt hours per year. So with that echo power mode, 
if you have turned it on on one MR system, you already save the equivalent of two four-people households. With these advances, Elma Merkel doesn't see the need to run imaging machines in on mode around the clock. People should understand the magnitude of the energy consumption. Sometimes you hear, look, we are a 24-7 hospital, we are a tertiary care hospital, our patients are really sick, our systems need to be ready all time. Let's say a stroke patient comes, time is brain, I don't want to wait for the system. But the modern systems, you can start them up within less than five minutes. And these stroke patients, they don't sneak in uh, through the back door. Obviously, you need to put the patient on the table and you need to get IV lines in and so on. And by the time you have your system up and running. But it's not just about running the machines themselves inside of a hospital. For Clemens Jutner at Sana Klinikin, there are several areas of focus that are crucial to reducing environmental impact. We have identified fields of action. First, reduce resource consumption. Second, make supply chains more sustainable. Third, focus on people, which is meaning patients and employees. Focusing on CO2 emissions, the energy sector certainly remains the biggest challenge. But the issue of waste, for example, is equally challenging because CO2 is emitted during production, transportation and incineration. At UCSF, supply chain has proven to be one of the most important levers. The production of, and more importantly, the delivery of equipment can have massive environmental repercussions. I think it's been estimated up to a third of carbon emissions come from that delivery or procurement process. But with some adjustments, a greener delivery system is entirely possible. Just recently, as we took a delivery of a new 1.5T scanner, we defined an energy sustainable pathway. So we used sustainable air fuels to deliver that. These are biosynthetic alternatives to carbon emitting fuels. And so that was actually a zero carbon instrument delivery that we were able to do with that. At the end of the day, Christopher Hess believes the change can't just be made by one hospital or healthcare system alone. It takes cooperation from all stages of a machine's journey, from production all the way through to operation. If you really track it back to carbon footprint, you have to ask yourself, where is carbon coming from? It comes from the production of the medical equipment. It comes from the procurement of the medical equipment. So that's delivery of the medical equipment to the site of operation. And then it comes from the operation of the equipment. When having those discussions with colleagues at Siemens, what I found was that they were aligned in that way of thinking and they were very interested in mitigating all of those steps. The operation piece in particular cannot be done by industry alone. I think none of those phases can actually be done. It it really takes a village. It's great to see the strides that we are making. And a greener future ahead is only possible if these steps are embraced by the larger medical community encourage large medical organizations. We as customers, together with you as suppliers, we need to do better. And they fully understand and they put a lot of efforts into their research activities. But it will take 
several years for them to really come up with a system with new energy efficient systems. But the Echo Power Mode is, is a great step, but overall it's, it's a relatively small step. And I don't want to take anything away from it. This is great. We need these small steps. For Christopher Hess, strong leadership and a clear central mission are integral to the success of the movement. There needs to be thought leadership into how each organization has an energy footprint and what elements of practice, procurement, disposal, etc., what those elements mean in terms of what proportion each of those takes for that organization, and then how to reduce each of those. And then some policy to guide all of this. We're talking about measurement for MRI scanners at this point. I don't think we need a measurement device in every single scanner. We need to understand the parameters by which energy is modulated on specific scanner systems. And then once we devise some rules and understand governing laws, we can predict the energy footprint is. And then you can make prospective decisions about how do I effectively manage a large fleet of instruments? What should the hours be across the fleet? Should there be different use cases at times of day? Should there be different levels of imaging? And what I mean by that is as a radiologist, I always want the best, highest quality, most expensive, probably most carbon expensive image possible. But the reality is we don't always need that. This skepticism about a degraded quality of imaging is a misconception that must be cleared up within the medical community if green radiology is to be widely adopted. I want to dispel the myth that it's about reducing your energy consumption down to nothing. And so you're looking at horrible quality images, you know, you're driving the the lowest quality electric car that goes 20 miles an hour. It's more of a frame shift in using the energy you have to its most efficient use, possible use. That is the goal of the kind of operational phase. With a clear vision of changes like these, the future of green radiology looks quite promising. If you call our current carbon footprint X, then I, I am convinced that we could get down to a third of X, 25% of X very easily through some cost-saving measures and more better environmental stewardship. And in the end, says Clemens Jutna, it's not just carbon footprint that can be reduced by greener radiology practices. Cost is also a crucial factor. Hospitals are enormous energy consumers, and the energy purchased and consumed should therefore be one of the main points of a sustainability strategy. We also have enormous potential for reductions due to the comparatively high consumption. With the current state of art, we are not exploiting all the potential for savings. That's more energy saved always means monetary savings. Financial investments is sometimes necessary, but if energy prices are high or rising in the future, it pays off very quickly. Which means that hospitals currently paying exorbitant energy bills could take those savings and put them toward much more valuable resources. Just this year alone, our energy bill as a hospital has increased by 17 million. So if we save some energy, this is also some huge financial savings. And a dollar is a dollar is a dollar. I can pay it to my energy provider or I can put it into research or I can increase my workforce, or I pay my people more. If you ask me what is the least desirable option, to give it to my energy provider.
And while the global healthcare system, and in particular the field of medical imaging, is a significant contributor to emissions worldwide, there is hope for a greener future. With the introduction of more intuitive power modes for MRI and CT machines, and the implementation of cleaner energy to transport and run them, the field of radiology is going to great lengths to lessen its impact on climate change. In the end, perhaps the greatest factor in creating a more carbon-conscious healthcare system comes down to convincing the healthcare community as a whole to adopt these changes, because ultimately, there is no health without a healthy planet. I'm a doctor, so I tend to be health-centric. I think decarbonizing would be great, but even just getting to a flat level of carbon emissions could really have a substantial impact in improving overall human health. And so it's not just about the climate, which a lot of people are worried about, but it's also about individual human health, and I would say also social equity. You've been listening to Healthcare Perspectives, a podcast by Siemens Healthineers. We pioneer breakthroughs in healthcare for everyone, everywhere, sustainably. Subscribe to us and always get the latest episode in your podcast feed. Or visit siemens-healthineers.com slash podcast for more. The opinions expressed by the guests and contributors in this podcast are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of Siemens Healthineers. The statements by Siemens Healthineers customers in this podcast are based on results that were achieved in the customer's unique setting. Because there is no typical hospital or laboratory and many variables exist, e.g. hospital size, samples mix, case mix, level of IT and or automation adoption, there can be no guarantee that other customers will achieve the same results. This podcast describes possible future ideas and concepts. It is not intended to describe specific performance and or safety characteristics of currently planned or future products. Future realization and availability cannot be guaranteed.